Welcome to another episode of Raising the Standard. My name is Josh Kay, and on this episode, I'm joined by my good friend, Coach Joseph Wilson. Joseph is the author of the book, Overflow. He's a leadership development, business, and purpose coach. And this episode is all about your personal purpose, your divine destiny, and your divine design. In this episode, Joseph and I are gonna break down levels of purpose. We're gonna talk about what it looks like for you as a Christian business guy pursuing your purpose. We're gonna bust some myths. We're gonna talk about the traps that guys get stuck in, how to break out of it, how to know your purpose. And we're gonna share some things in here that are probably gonna be counterintuitive to what you're thinking right now when it comes to pursuing purpose. You're going to want to hang with this episode and get everything you get out of it because at the end, we're going to give you some practical action steps of what you can do right now to step up and step out. Let's get into it. This is Raising the Standard, leadership, mindset, and development for the ambitious Christian man. Identify, unlock, and access spiritual secrets and strategies grounded in biblical truth so you can run your race and maximize your impact and influence. It's time to lead yourself, your family, and your world. Let's get after it. Welcome to Raising the Standard. Guys, I got another episode with my good friend, Joseph Wilson. If you remember the last time he visited us, we talked about the high performance man. And if you did not listen to that episode, you have to go back and check it out because we get into what does it look like, am I allowed to be, and how do I start my journey into being a high-performance man? It really is something you need to listen to. If you haven't, I'll link it below for you to check out. In this week's episode, we are going to get into our divine design as we explore our purpose. So Joseph Wilson, Coach Joseph Wilson, thanks for joining me again, man. It's great to see you and have you back in the studio. Always glad to see you when you join us from New Zealand. What's happening? Well, it's so good to be here with you. I love you, love what you're doing, and love who you are, and it's just great to see what's happening. So thank you for having me. Oh, man, I love you too. And guys, that's not weird to tell another brother you love him. When you walk with somebody, um, you know, it is okay because we are brothers and uh, we have this connection. And you need you need guys in your life that you can have that connection with. It's really important um, that you can get to that point with a guy where you can walk walk out life with them and you have someone to be transparent, vulnerable, and share what's happening, both the good and the bad, and not hide anything and not put the mask on. And not feel like you have to act something out because you can't show weakness in any way, shape, or form. So that's our desire for you as you're listening to this show. So Joseph, the last time you were here, we talked about high performance. And we're all about high performance. This time, I, I want to dive into a little bit more of what you do because you really are a purpose coach. You help people develop, define and discover their divine destiny, their divine design. And you really walk people along this, this, this journey of finding their purpose. So, and, and right now, I mean, let's just mention, we're against the backdrop of the self-development industry. The internet is blowing up. Everyone's talking about purpose. The world's talking about purpose. It seems to be the number one question, you know, what's my purpose? Do I have a purpose? What do I do? How do I find it? Where do I go? And here you are talking about it from an eternal perspective. And it's such a big subject. When we hear the word purpose, it can mean so many things to so many people. So if, if you could open us up and just tell us 
what you're referring to when you talk about the purpose of God in our life and what purpose means to you. Yeah. So there is a lot of conversation on purpose right now. And the interesting thing is everybody tries to equate purpose to what you're going to do. And I think that the doing is not the first step, it's the second step. And it's a byproduct of the being. And so to really go into purpose, we have to know who we are. And to go into who we are, we have to go back to the beginning to where God made man. And it's very interesting when you think about purpose, which means original intent. Everything has purpose. Everything has original intent. There is nothing that exists outside of it. And so when somebody creates something, they already had it in their mind. And when they made it, they made it with that purpose in mind, the original intent in mind. So if we take that, then we have to understand we were created with original intent. And when we go back to Genesis 1, the intent there is we were made in God's image, in his likeness, and we were made to have dominion. And we could break that up. It's a long conversation. But if we can go back to that point, then the first thing every man, every woman needs to know is that they're not an accident and they were divinely designed for something. And when you are operating in that, in who you are and then what you do, you are in true fulfillment. And so I meet a lot of people searching for their purpose. And so a couple of myths that I'd like to bust straight away. Like one of the myths is that your purpose is something you're going to find someday. Not true. Your purpose has been in you since the foundation of the world. When God fearfully, wonderfully made you, the purpose seed was already put in you. The problem is that we don't look for seeds. We like looking for trees. And so we compare our seed to other people's trees and we don't think it's there. But every person has a purpose seed. And if you will take time to nurture it, if you will take time and intention behind it, you will watch that seed turn into a tree that then bears fruit, that then has seed of its own, and it starts an ecosystem. So there's so much more we can go into, but maybe you lead that conversation. I love that concept, you know, and we have to understand that the kingdom of God functions as a seed. That's the way we receive. That's the way we get it. That's the way we get divine life. You know, even when Jesus told Nicodemus, you must be born again to see the kingdom of God. It's a reference to this new seed of God that gets imparted and implanted into us, this new life form. But it doesn't start off as a full-grown, mature tree, person, expression. It starts and we get it in seed form. And then it's about stewardship. And it's about how we walk that out. And so basically, we could say the divine design, the divine blueprint is always in the seed. You know, the the common saying is that the the oak is within the acorn. Everything functions on a seed. And I think that this is really important for people to understand because if you haven't been exposed to this teaching, and I actually think that Jesus gives us secrets, and it's probably, in my opinion, one of the most important parables is Mark chapter four, the parable of the sower. Because if you can understand the concept that the gospel, the message of the kingdom is received in seed form, then you can unlock a lot of the other parables and really being invited into this journey of discovery in the way God speaks and his processes. Because we have to understand how he He moves and how he works and what his ways are. Like Moses says, show me your ways. And we see the ways is the journey, kind of a follow-up from the last time you were on. We talked about the process, the journey that we're on. Um, so I love it. I love it. I think you're right. So many people, when you hear the word purpose, it's usually commonly attached to what I'm doing. Like, eh, I don't know if I'm living my purpose. I don't know if I'm doing my purpose. I don't know if this job is purpose. So I have a question for you because usually what comes next is if you were to ask, ask someone, why 
is that not your purpose or why do you feel you're not in your purpose? It's usually linked to fulfillment. At least that's what I find. Most people say, well, I'm just not fulfilled. And it seems to be we're pursuing passion or something that's going to fill our tank. I would like to hear your thoughts on that and how is that connected to purpose? And is that purpose or is that a false reality of purpose? I would love you to, to go there. Yeah. So whenever I seek something out to then be, what I am saying is I am not enough. I don't have it right now. And so once I'm in that state, it's already a state of lack. It's already a state of need. I'm already starting on the back foot. And now I'm hoping that this thing that I do will fill that void, which means my perspective is already shot. And so now I'm just taking guesses. And this is why you can have an athlete who spends eight years, 12 years dominating their sport and they get the gold medals. And the next day after they retire, they're in a dark hole. Because they're like, well, why am I here? And they made it so much about what I'm going to do instead of who I am that now all their fulfillment was put into a performance. Now the season of performance is gone and they're left empty. You know. So if we go back to original intent, God is supreme extremely smart and he never creates systems that don't know how to handle themselves i love that when god makes creation he doesn't just make enough trees for adam and eve and then he's going to put more trees in 2022 he made a system an ecosystem that would keep generating and he would never have to touch it again he's not had to put more oxygen on the planet he's not had to make more land for the more more people that would come in it, it was like the end from the beginning and so if we are with that kind of a God, then we have to at some point understand everything he's doing in us, the end has already been planned. So there is no striving, you know. Um, the thing I want to touch on here with the purpose conversation is that when the purpose of a thing is not known, and Dr. Miles Monroe says this, when the purpose of a thing is not known, abuse is inevitable. And he defines abuse as abnormal use, you know, abuse, abnormal use, where I give a use or a purpose to things based on what I want. And a lot of people have done that with their life. They just give it a purpose that they think sounds good, looks good. And the majority of people right now are just chasing the dream, chasing financial freedom, chasing fame, chasing glory. They think that significance will then make them fulfilled. But the truth is when you are fulfilled, significance is a byproduct. When you know who you are, you will easily be significant because you're operating from ease, from a flow. And that's where I think that uh, most people today who are trying to do something that they think is their purpose and who are trying to uh, get fulfillment from the outside are never, never, ever going to be satisfied. And so God in his infinite wisdom designed us to live from the inside out. And what he did was in our original intent, we had fulfillment. Adam had fulfillment. Right? Eve had fulfillment before things happened. And so now when we receive Jesus, we come straight into fulfillment. And that is a hard thing for people to understand because we have to be willing to receive that. It's a gift. We come straight into fulfillment where we've been brought back into the family, where we can choose to live from that place. And then everything we do becomes a byproduct. I love the original intent conversation. This is so critical and we all have to understand this because when we look at what Jesus came to do and we look at the theme of redemption, the goal is to always put us back and restore what was lost. It's not just the cross, it's the cross and then resurrection and a new life, restoring everything that was taken. So it's putting us back into our original intention, which is so powerful. 
one of the themes you touched on, even when you did that athlete analogy there, this is something that trips up guys because we we believe what I think is one of the number one lies is that we are what we do. And that's how we relate to each other. And it shows up when we meet each other for this first time. It shows up on how we derive our personal value from our status, from our title, from our job, from our position, from our skill sets. All of those things for most men, the majority of men in the world right now are living out of this identity that I am what I do. And then the minute they stop doing it, they lose their identity. And this is why we see retirement, which is really not even a theme we see in scripture. It's more of an Americanized or, or a modern day civilization. They, they have nothing to do anymore and they just lose their fire because everything was about their activities and actions, not who they were. So I look at this as there's two sides of purpose. I think the majority of people, uh, you know, this false sense of purpose, there's the majority of people that are chasing something and they're saying, when I get this thing, when I find the job, when I find the role, I will finally have value and significance. And on the flip side, there's the man who says, I have value and significance because this is what I do. Do you know who I am? Check out my business card. Look at my title. I am valuable. So I think there's two sides. I think it depends who you are, what age you're, you're at right now as you're listening to this. Maybe you're on one side where you're pursuing purpose and you're like, I haven't arrived yet. Or maybe you're on the flip side and you're already extremely successful in the world's eyes and you're still, you think you have purpose or I find those guys are still looking for purpose because that really leads to usually when you get it and when you catch the thing, you're like, wow, I thought I was going to feel different. <laughs> it's not quite what I envisioned. So talk to me about those two sides of purpose. I know we're talking about the people who are always chasing it. What about the people who they've already arrived? They think they have it. What, what do you say to those guys? Um, if you have some thoughts on that, I'd love to hear it. I think that this is a deep question and it's a very sober one and a serious one because as a believer, I have to go back to the fact that when I'm done on this planet, I'm going to meet my king. And when I meet my king, he is not going to ask me about my net worth. He's not going to ask me about the things that this world has deemed significant. He is going to talk to me about love, which is a very significant part of my divine design. And then he's going to ask me about my assignment, where he put me, why he put me there. You know, it's not an accident that I'm of Indian descent and that my family moved here and now I've lived in New Zealand for 26 years. It's, these things are not accidental when we take into account a creator who does everything with purpose. And so this young guy that's now pursuing something to then have it has been put on the hamster wheel that the world loves to have us all on because we can just keep chasing and a very small percentage actually catch. But the bigger percentage will never catch it. So they don't even know it's a fraud. They don't know it's a lie. And the small percentage that do catch it end up getting hit in the face because they see that, oh, I'm still not fulfilled. I'm, I'm still not fully satisfied. And they can try and make themselves busy with their money and traveling or whatever. You know, a lot of people I meet like to say, I'd love to travel. And when I ask them why, well, it's just great to travel. What are you going to do after you see all the countries? You know, and, and so deep down, the real condition of a man, I believe, is revealed in that 10, 20 seconds before he goes to bed, when he lies down, puts his head on the pillow, and it depends on where he's sleeping, who he's sleeping with, because the condition of his life is just in front of him. You know, before he goes to bed, everything is there. In that time, are you really happy is the question. Are you really fulfilled? And so I, I would say this, that this younger person 
who's chasing to then have, I like to call it the when I syndrome. You know, we've been trained in the when I syndrome. When I do this, then I will. When I have this, then I will. And, and it pulls you away from the precious gift you have, which is now, which is time. And so I would encourage that person to actually take some time to engage God on their divine design as opposed to just choosing a path, right? A lot of people talk about the pathway to purpose. And I think the pathway becomes clear when you know the person of purpose, who's God and who you are in him, the pathway makes itself known. And to the, to the other extreme of the person going, well, I've, you know, I've got everything the world has to offer. I've maybe fulfilled my purpose. I'd like to say that your purpose is not done till you leave this planet. Your age, irrelevant. Your past achievements are irrelevant. You're not finished till you leave this planet. Okay, Joseph, that was a lot of great insight for us. I really appreciate that. Um, right now, with everyone pursuing purpose, how does someone know if they're in their purpose? You know, what's it look like? What's it feel like? Um, is it a destination? Is it a journey? How do you see it? So as a believer, it's very different, right? As a believer, my understanding, my peace, my fulfillment can't just come from what I'm doing and engaging. It has to come from God. That's how I was designed to get it. So real fulfillment, you know, Bible says godliness with contentment is great gain. That contentment can't come from the doing because there is always something else to do. So if I look at purpose only as what I'm going to do or what I am doing, I'm setting myself up for failure because I'll have to keep doing, keep doing, keep doing. It's not going to end till I leave the planet. So I like to zoom out a little bit and go into, am I fulfilled in God? And that is always my first question. I like to ask people, if you pass tonight, would you be fulfilled? And yeah, there are things you want to do. There are things I want to do. There are dreams I have, goals I have. There's a vision. But if I pass tonight, I die empty. Do you die empty? Do you die? Are you that content in him that if you never did something that the world would deem amazing and you know they couldn't validate anything you did, are you still okay? Are you validated enough by the one that matters? And I think that is a very important question because the man that can say yes to that question is now very, very dangerous to darkness, right? He's, he's, he's so free that now his pursuit is just an expression. He's, he's fearless in his execution and he's, he's got no pressure and burden of trying to create an outcome because he's already satisfied, you know? So how does someone know that they're in their purpose? That would be the first thing that happens is that that person now has been set free you know, John chapter 8 says, who the sun sets free is free indeed. You're truly free. I meet a lot of believers. They're like, yeah, I'm free in the sin conversation. I'm going to heaven. But in everything else in life, they're so bound. No, no, who the sun sets free is free. You are free. You know, this uh, financial freedom conversation, I'm kind of bunny trailing right now, but that's one of the things that the world throws. You know, financial freedom. If you get financial freedom, I don't think financial freedom is a a heavenly concept. I don't think it's from the kingdom of God. From, from heaven, we get freedom from finances. We get freedom from the burden of finances because that just becomes part of your purpose. It doesn't define or uh, doesn't actually validate who you are, you know? And so this freedom conversation, I think is the first thing that happens when you come to God. You're so free that from there, everything you're doing carries the fulfillment through him. So how does someone know they're in their purpose? There are the kingdom vision is expanding. The kingdom mandate is expanding. 
Christ is being formed within the person more and more and more. You know, so there's so many things we could say, but just off the bat, I need to be able to look back and go, man, in these last six months, I can see the growth. I can see the love that's grown, the peace that's grown, the joy that's grown. I can see the effect I'm having in my house with all the areas of influence that God's given me. I can see the fruit of the spirit. I can see the fruit of the kingdom. I think that, that these are all little byproducts of knowing whether you're in your purpose. You know, you go to bed full. You don't go to bed empty going, oh, in the sense that I still need to, I still need to know you're satisfied in, in, a, in a different way. And there's so much more we can go into, but those two things I would say off the bat. Yeah, I mean, when you talked about contentment, that that's something that I have in my life. And that's something that I find a lot of men do not have because we're wired for the next thing. And it's like you said, that syndrome of like one day, one day, one day I'll get there when I do this, when I get that, when I achieve this. And there's so much of that permeates our culture, especially as guys chasing performance, chasing money, chasing status, titles. And it's not even, I don't even say that stuff to say all that's bad. It's not bad to chase those things. If you're wired for excellence and you're striving for greatness, yeah, go close the next deal. Like go crush it, go crush your goal, get a, get a mission, get a vision and go execute on it. So when I say that, I'm not saying don't hit those targets. I'm saying hit those targets. But if you can't step back from running and it's like this two-sided coin on one side of the coin. Yeah, I do run. I love to be in motion, but you have to be able to be content because that's the key to rest. And we're supposed to live and operate out of rest. And if I'm not content, then I can't do that. I'll always be trapped in this cycle of running and pursuing and pushing and pressing. So finding that place of contentment, which really I think gratitude is associated with that. Um, and that is so liberating. And I found it, Joseph. I mean, when I can just sit back and I can look at my children and I can just be thankful and I can flip the switch of like, wow, look at the life God's given me. And I'm not even talking about material possessions and that can be a part of it, but it's really about just my family and where I am and there's breath in my lungs and, and just where we are and who he's made us to be. And it's all based on that relationship with him. Then I can, there's a time, yep, I'm going to go to work and I'm going to do those things, but I can find that contentment and I can find that peace throughout the day. And I just love that because that's the, that's the life we're called to live. Yeah. And that is the very thing the world makes you chase. Yeah. So, so Jesus dies on the cross and he gives you the fullness, which includes contentment. And he's like, Joseph, you will never have to chase from that place again. Now, everything you do will be from a place of already fulfilled, already validated, and now you can leap from there, never carrying that burden, you know? So love what you're saying. Yeah, so powerful. It's so powerful because we're so wired and we're marketed to and we're told and we're beat up all day long from marketing messages and just the machine that tells you, you will be what you want to be when you do this, have this, go there. And um, it takes a lot of purpose and intentionality to stay away from that and to guard yourself from that because those are those are lies. And that's that's the way the enemy speaks to you to pull you into comparison and pull you out of your lane. Let me let me say this as a business guy, as a as a as a Christian business guy or a kingdom business guy, this is a battle I've had to fight in the sense that I've had to let go of these expectations. You see, 
when I began this journey, I was like, oh, success means eight figures. Success means seven figures. Success means freedom lifestyle. So all these things that people threw at me, I took on as the definition of success. And it was starting to interrupt my contentment because it was starting to say, no, no, you can't be content. You haven't done this yet. You can't be content. You haven't had that yet. And it was trying to mess with my paradigm where Jesus is like, hey, Joseph, you're content in me. We're good, man. Now we just enjoy the journey. I'm now going, well, I'm not good because now I better do this and I better have that. And I've had to learn to let that go to define success between me and God and not just people telling me what that is. And I think that that's a big thing as Christian businessmen uh, for you to think about is who's defining success? Who's telling you what makes you content? Are you letting God define that? Who's the creator of all things? Or have you let other people and their opinions define that? Because if someone's opinion is telling me what contentment really is, I'll be chasing that the rest of my life. So now when I sit with someone who might be an eight-figure, ten-figure entrepreneur, they, there is no... I don't, there, there's no difference there. I don't feel inferior. I don't need to be inferior, you know, and I could sit with someone who's a six, six figure employee and there is no superiority, right? It, it starts to level everything. And then you have really good perspective on life. Oh, it makes total sense. And I think that, you know, I want to give a message to, to men in a couple different age groups, because when you're in 20, in your twenties, and it typically, if you're walking with God, that's the time that you're fired up for the Lord. And you have some vision, you have some purpose. And then what happens? This is what happened in my life. It happens in the lives of many men. When you get into your 30s, it's family time. And now it's start to, I need to secure my future. And it's a little bit more career oriented. And you start to shift and your focus changes. And that's really the age bracket. That 30 to 40 is when it starts. For some guys younger because of the, the current culture we live in right now. But um, in the 30s, you really start building for the future. And I need to have the 401k and I need to have my life insurance and all my stuff in place. And I need to think about this and think about that. And you can, if you don't guard it, you can start to let your walk with the Lord go a little bit. It becomes a little bit more focused on career development and your external goals. And then if you look at guys in their 40s and 50s, they either keep pushing and keep going and get stuck in that trap and that race, or they start to realize this isn't what I thought it was going to be. And they take a step back and they're like, why am I pushing so hard? I, I need to learn how to enjoy and start to practice contentment where I am. So it shows up in the lives of unbelievers as well, because anyone who captures the thing they're chasing, we know it's just, it, it becomes something in their hands that it's like, this, this wasn't the thing. And we have so many testimonies from athletes and movie stars and people with tons of money that you know, the dream they finally caught never really fulfilled them. So I think we need to learn from that. But yet we see those things and we're still like, I'm gonna keep chasing, I'm gonna keep going for it. This is why I think what happened with you know the last two years and uh, everything around the world that's happened, it's just shaken everyone's ideologies. Everybody's ideologies and philosophies are now up in the air because a lot of the man-made stuff that doesn't have eternal value is now just being exposed. And so people that were chasing, it's, it's just causing everyone to question, which I think is a good thing. And, and it's interesting because I saw a post yesterday um, from Patrick Bet David, and I probably, I know you probably know who he is. A lot of our listeners will. And he just made a comment around um, looking at luxury goods. They're all dropping in price. Everything's dropping from luxury watches to luxury cars. So it's going to be an interesting time as we're dealing with hyperinflation as a reality right now, and we're walking into this new season of uncertainty, even those things are not holding their value. 
you know, those status symbols, those toys, those things, they're, they're just not um, quite what they used to be. And you're going to see them liquidating. And we know, you know, from the word of God that there's going to come that day. And I, I want to end it here on something you said, which is the most powerful thing. And let's just ground ourselves here because this, I just feel the anointing on this with when you brought it up and I feel it right now with, it's all about when we stand before God at the end of our life. You know, did you fulfill your purpose? Did you live for him? And it's not just about achieving, guys. It's not just about high performance and look at what I did and all these check boxes. It's did you also learn how to live with my life within you? Did you learn how to live by the life of another within you? Did you learn how to practice contentment and exercise godliness in all those things? So I want to hear your thoughts on that. And I want you to bring us home with any any last thoughts or, or steps or action steps that we can incorporate into our life, our lives as we pursue our purpose, our divine design, and this pathway to purpose that God has over us? Yeah, man, like that's that's a good place to actually end, which is when you meet him, what is going to matter? And actually, a lot of things that we think matter right now are not going to matter then. We are not even going to think about them at that moment when you are in front of your king, in front of your your love, your first love, eye to eye, heart to heart, uh, naked, so to speak, with nothing to hide. At that time, what is really going to matter? I think that that is a very, very, very good, good question. You know, I like to say live full and die empty. And so I've come here for a reason, for a purpose. And every day I get to express that and release everything that I carry. But before I could do that, I had to detach from everything that wasn't me. You know, so when you hear Josh and me talk about what's going to matter and you're going to meet Jesus, this is not a religious works thing where now you pick up a Bible, run around and bash people on the head and evangelize them. I'm not talking about that at all. I'm saying that that is your divine design. There is a divine design for you. And there are a lot of people who are actually fish, but they've spent their lives trying to be birds and fish make crappy birds. Like you could move your fin as much as you want and you might get some airtime, but you make a crappy bird, but you make a beautiful fish. And there are so many birds that have tried to live underwater and spend time underwater and have never fully experienced the heights that they were built for, soaring in altitudes that they were created for. So you, my friend, were divinely designed with purpose, for purpose, on purpose. And as you engage your creator, you will see it. And I want to say a couple of things. Like being a coach was always in my, in my DNA. I was built for this thing. I could do this for hours on end. I could probably go three, four, five, six days straight without sleep, no lie, doing this because it gives me energy. I was created for this. This is a byproduct of who I am. But if you got me in front of a computer and made me do administration and send emails, I'll smack my head on the wall in half an hour. I'll probably break that computer. right? And so there is this divine design element that you need to go to your creator about and explore. Because when you start to see it, your life completely changes. And, um, and in that, there is a king's vision. And so let me end with this, right? My vision or things that I see, like people love to go, what's the vision of your life? The mission statement. My vision, my mission in reality has to be attached to my original intent. 
So the one that made me knows my vision, my mission better than anybody else, better than me, better than you. The one that made me knows it. And so as I engage the creator, I see my vision and my vision is an overflow of his vision. And so if I'm really in my true purpose, it will expand my king's vision. It will expand the kingdom mandate. It will expand the heart of Jesus through the nations. Right. It will it will actually look at the commands in the New Testament. There's about 75 commands made by Jesus. It would take that into account. It would look at things like, do I love God with all my heart, all my soul, all my strength, all my mind? And then do I love people? Do I love people like that with that same love? Because the only way love manifests is when it goes through you to someone, right, to God and to another person. And so when you come into your purpose, all these things start to come alive to you. And uh, so my encouragement, the next step is go back to your creator, take time, detach from the noise, put away, put away all the noise for a while, right? You know, we talk about consecration. Consecration doesn't have to be three days straight, but just before work, after work, just put the noise away for a little bit, get a journal, go sit somewhere beautiful, take a drink if you need to, and just engage your creator. You'll be amazed at what he starts to show you. Write it all down. That's a good first step. And then we flow from there. Joseph Wilson. I love you, brother. Thanks for coming on. Thanks for dropping your wisdom and sharing your insight with us. Guys, let's get after it and let's raise the standard. Thank you for listening to today's episode. If what you heard here today resonated with you and you want to fully step in to be the man that God created and called you to be, then I want to give you a free guide. It's called The Map and you can get it at standard59.com. In the map, I will give you 12 biblical strategies that every kingdom man pursuing biblical masculinity must honor. If you're ready to step off the sidelines and pursue the upward call, then get the map today at standard59.com. That's standard59.com. Hey, if there's a brother in your life that needs to hear this message, then share this show with them. And please leave us a rating and review. It helps get the message out there to more men. Until the next show, guys, let's raise the standard.